Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com, and thanks for listening to our podcasts as well. Many of you like to listen that way, and we appreciate it. Well, when Christ returns to this earth, mankind is going to be in a state of humility. They're going to have been corrected through some very difficult times that the Bible describes, and they're going to be ready to be taught. They have to be re-educated. Education in this world is really far removed from the Word of God. And if you look at it, false education has caused so many problems for mankind over this past 6,000 years of man. Wars, violence, hatred, intrigue, all kinds of difficulties in people's individual lives and families, and then in bigger groups, such as nations. All sorts of problems that have come really as a result of false education. And Satan, of course, influences that very heavily. But that's going to change. There's going to be a re-education process, and God's people will be part of that. Those that God calls, and they answer that call and let God develop his character within them, they're going to be there to help teach, and they're being re-educated today. God's goal is to educate all of mankind. There are people on this earth that have never even heard the name of Jesus Christ or God the Father. They don't even know those names, and they're not familiar with the Bible, and some can't read or write. There needs to be education, re-education. And, of course, there are people that are highly educated, as this world would view it, and yet they're highly educated in false doctrines. Notice this quote from the Bible Correspondence Course. That's free. It's uh, at thetrumpet.com. If you look up the full name, it's the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's free to everybody. And please sign up and take that course. It's a great course. It'll really give you a lot of insight into your Bible and help it to uh, uh, make sense, put the pieces together so that you can begin to really dig into it. The Correspondence Course says the evils in the world today can be laid at the doorstep of false education. And that's true. If you think about evolution or you think about some of these other ideas that come from that, that type of thinking that looks to get rid of the Word of God and doesn't look to God's Word as the basis of education, the foundation, it looks to human reasoning. And humans can reason all sorts of things, and historically uh, they've gotten themselves into a lot of trouble because of it. The quote continues and says, Our great universities have failed to teach the truth because God has been thrown out of the classroom. Just thrown right out of there. Don't talk about God in the classroom. And if you've been to school in the last several decades, you know that's true. Now, for a while, there may have been a little more of a tolerance for at least some mention of God. uh, But certainly, that's become less and less. And the truth of God, now that's something people haven't talked about and haven't understood, except for the few that God has called. 
and open their minds to his truth. But God has been thrown right out of the classroom, and so people have a different educational system. And it's one that's inspired by Satan. The quote says, This system of education obviously needs to be changed. But what kind of system will replace it? See, it's a great question. And what's so wonderful about God's Word is not only does God's Word show that man's education is an error, it shows what the false education will be replaced with. See, God's Word points out problems, but then it gives solutions. It shows you how to fix those problems. That's something that the world doesn't do. Now, every time there's somebody running for a political office, they'll very quickly point out all the mistakes or supposed mistakes of their opponent, but very rarely do they come along with any solutions. It's hard to have solutions. But God's Word gives solutions. Solutions to the problems. Yes, there's false education, but there's a solution to it. There is a solution to it. And let's notice what that solution is and how God's education system will be administered once Jesus Christ returns to this earth. Let's start here in Isaiah 2 and verse 3. And we have a few passages to look up today, so if you do have a Bible handy, it would be great to get it out so we could look at these together and you can see what the Word of God says. Isaiah 2 and verse 3, it says, And many people shall go and say, Come you, and let us go up to the mountain of the Eternal, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion, or God's church, shall go forth the law and the word of the Eternal from Jerusalem. So Christ is going to be ruling from Jerusalem, there with his church, his first fruits bride. They will have been resurrected and changed to spirit God beings. Now that's something that's not taught very often, but it's the truth of God. It's in the Bible. They're going to be resurrected. Christ is going to marry the church. You can see that in Ephesians 5. It talks all about that. And, of course, Revelation talks about that as well and gives a picture of the bride. Christ is going to be teaching there from headquarters in Jerusalem. He's going to be ruling from there, and he's going to have help. He's going to have help, and people are going to be of the mindset where they say, hey, let's go and have God teach us of his ways so that we can walk in his paths. They're not just going up there for some intellectual exercise. They want to walk in God's ways. And so that's going to be a different attitude, of course, a different attitude. They're going to go and they're going to learn about the law of God and the word of the eternal that comes from Jerusalem. Now notice here in Psalm 25, and we'll look at verses 8 through 10. It says, Good and upright is the eternal. Therefore he will teach sinners in the way. People that are sinners that need to repent, need to change, and that's every human being that's ever lived with the exception of Christ who was perfect. Everybody else has sinned, made mistakes, needs to be taught God's way. Verse 9 says, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the eternal are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. And so there's a real emphasis placed here on God educating those who are meek. And as we said at the beginning, people at this time are going to be in a meek mindset because they're going to have uh, 
have gone through some really intense trials, the Great Tribulation and the Day of the Lord. They will come out of that meek, ready to be taught, ready to be instructed. And we have to be that way today. If God's going to educate you and if he's going to educate me, here's a really good clue, right? We need to be meek to receive that education. We have to have a childlike humility. And we can't think we already know all the answers to everything. We have to have an attitude that is ready to be taught and apply God's word. And God's not going to be able to teach a vain know-it-all attitude. Right? He talks about it in the book of Isaiah, that he looks to the humble. That's who he looks to, the meek, the humble, because we have to be teachable. And if you stop and think about it, what do we know as humans? What do we know in comparison to God? You know, you can go and look at the last few chapters of Job, the book of Job, and, and see God there just talking to him and giving him a little bit of understanding and showing him the difference between God and man. What do we know in comparison to God? We don't know anything. We have to let God teach us. We can't have a know-it-all attitude. God's going to teach the meek. He's going to teach the meek, and he's going to teach them his ways. The correspondence course says that Christ will unite these two functions, that of ruler and educator. He's going to rule, and he's going to be supreme educator as well. He'll unite these two functions in himself. This is how plain that in God's pattern for world rule, religion and government will not be separate in the world tomorrow. There won't be any separation of church and state because it will all flow from God. It will flow from the word of God and the law of God, and they work in perfect harmony, that law and that government, that education. Now, the beautiful thing about God's plan is he's inviting everyone into it. Christ won't do everything by himself. He's going to have assistance helping him. He is preparing offices. He is preparing jobs for people. And if you are called and Christ is working with you today through the power of God's Spirit, or you're heading in that direction and you really apply yourself to it and let God work through you, if God's called you, and God has to do the calling, John 6 and verse 44 shows that. But if you accept that call and apply yourself and grow, then there's a position, a real position of rulership, a position of a teacher, as we'll see, a king priest, that Christ is preparing. He needs people to help him teach and teach how to have joy and happiness and excitement. I mean, what an exciting lesson to teach. And this is something that we should all be very excited about and be excited to take our place. And hopefully, uh, you know, qualify for as much as possible. There's a lot of offices out there so that we can help as much as possible, help people learn. And we have to be good students today. Notice Jeremiah 30, verses 7 through 9. This talks about some of the specifics of how people will fill in to the kingdom of God and help teach and help instruct. Jeremiah 30, verses 7 through 9. It says, Alas, for that day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. See, this is a time of trouble that's coming for the nations of Israel. They're going to have a lot of problems. Jacob, before he was converted, and that was his name, and then he, his name was changed to Israel. And so the nations of Israel, the physical nations, are going to have a lot of problems coming up here shortly, and we can see that building. <laughs> 
And there's a lot more specifics about that at thetrumpet.com. But verse 8 says, For it shall come to pass in that day, says the Eternal of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off your neck and will burst your bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. So Israel's going to be saved. They're going to be brought out of captivity. There's going to be a second exodus that's going to be massive because Israel's going into slavery for sins. But they're coming out of it. They will be brought out of it. And then notice verse 9. But they shall serve the eternal their God. They're not going to serve taskmasters anymore. They are going to serve God. Serve the eternal their God, it says. And notice who else? David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. David. You know King David from the Bible. He's going to be resurrected. And he's going to rule over the nations of Israel. He's been king before. And he did a very good job. And he'll be king again. See, he qualified for that office. And he'll have it. He'll be king. Under Christ, of course, and God the Father, ruling all. There's a government structure there. But David's going to be their king, it says. Now, what does that mean, raise up? Well, he's dead today. And he has to be resurrected. You can look at 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. And there Paul writes that God the Father raised up Christ. He raised up Christ. He resurrected Christ. Raised up means simply to resurrect to life, and in this case, resurrected to eternal spirit life. Christ was resurrected, and he'll never die again. He is eternal. He is God. And David will be raised up in like manner. So that's being born again. He'll be born again as spirit. He will serve then under Christ in ruling over physical Israel, and he'll be perfect He'll be a God being. You see, it's a very real office, and he'll be there to help teach the descendants of Israel, those nations. The correspondence course says David will be resurrected to rule over the physical descendants of ancient Israel. His office will include the responsibility of teaching the people the laws of God. See, he'll be a king, but a priest as well. He'll be a teacher. Ezekiel 34 and verse 23 says that David will feed Israel. He's going to feed them like a shepherd. Well, what, what is he going to feed them? Well, they need an educational diet of God's word. They need to be fed God's word. In Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, Christ told his disciples to teach all nations the word of God. And God's work has done this throughout the years has gotten God's message out as a warning, as a witness. It's gone out, and very few have responded to it at this time. And, of course, God knew that would be the case, but still they were to go out and to give the message, and then some do come along and are baptized and do grow and do help God's work and prepare for their place in the kingdom of God as teachers. But they were to go out and give God's message. And this teaching will continue after the return of Christ. And again, people will then be ready to really receive it, so that teaching will be uh, ramped up even more and will produce abundant fruit. And Christ's first apostles there, the disciples he worked with, they're going to have very specific offices as well. They're going to work underneath King David, and they will also teach Israel. Do you think they'll be good at it? Of course they will. They've already done it. Now, they'll do it even better when they're resurrected as God beings, but they already did the job. Peter, Paul, 
You can think of the others. John, did they teach? Of course they did. We still use their writings today that were canonized. They know how to teach, and they'll be there teaching. Notice Matthew 19 and verse 28. And Jesus said unto them, Truly I say unto you, that you which have followed me in the regeneration, again, that's not a word we use all the time, but it's talking about the resurrection, in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So those twelve apostles, they're going to be there judging the twelve tribes of Israel and teaching them. They already did the job. See, we can see how they qualified. We can see how they qualified. And they did an excellent job of teaching. And they'll continue to do that job. It should give us some insight into the fact that we also, as God's people, are qualifying today for certain jobs, roles, and responsibilities. You know, is now the time to be at ease or to be casual or to, you know, go seek after things in this temporary physical world? No, it's time to really get focused on doing God's work, supporting God's work today, growing, and preparing to take our place. Remember the parable of the pounds, right? We are all accountable for what God's given us, and we have to develop it as much as possible. We have to develop it. These are very real offices that King David will hold, that the apostles will hold, and they're going to teach. The correspondence course says the apostles preached the gospel to as many as they could reach almost 2,000 years ago, and God's church is preaching it to as many as possible in the nations today. And you can read that in Revelation 10, verse 11, the commission to prophesy again. The quote says, But the entire earth will hear God's truth proclaimed during the millennium. The whole earth will hear it. They'll be meek, they'll be ready to be taught, and they need teachers. And do you know who else is going to be there teaching them? Well, it's you. If you are being used today and called today and God's working with you today and you accept that and you grow and develop, you're going to be right there teaching as well. Notice this in Revelation 5 and verse 10. And hopefully this is becoming more and more real to us as we look at it. Much more real than the maybe the current uh, situation we find ourselves in in life. There's a lot more that God has in mind for us. Revelation 5 and verse 10. It says, And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. You notice this is present tense. It doesn't say will make us. It says has made us. God sees you as a king and priest already. Again, if you're called and God's working with you and you're baptized and growing or somewhere in that process, again, God is talking to you about being a king priest. Being a king priest and will reign on the earth. Well, who else reigns on the earth? Christ will reign, right, at his second coming. King David reigning over Israel, the apostles, each ruling over one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Where do you fit into that? Where will you be? Who will you be helping? Well, it'll be exciting to find out, won't it? If we're preparing for this today, and you can see in Malachi 2 and verse 7 that the function of a priest is to teach king priests. You'll be a teacher, and you'll teach people the truth of God. 
He won't be teaching evolution or some other modern thought and false thought. You'll be teaching the truth of God. The correspondence course says when God intervenes in human affairs, it will not be left up to the people to vote in their own rulers or choose their own teachers. So you won't uh, be voted in or people won't you know, have a, have a vote and see who they like the best. Uh, you'll be there. <laughs> you'll be qualified. It says in the world tomorrow, God will appoint his resurrected saints to be rulers and educators. God makes a decision. And he puts people where they can best serve and help. It says they will teach the people all of God's laws and statutes. So those are things that we have to know. And it says which are the way to peace, prosperity, and happiness. So we can't teach something if we don't know it, right? So we have to know God's laws and statutes, and we have to be expert at applying them. The Bible gives a vivid description of how we will teach people. This is a a very uh, exciting description here. It's in Isaiah 30, and it's in verses 20 and 21. It says, And though the Eternal give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not your teachers be removed into a corner any more, but your eyes shall see your teachers. So the people that we're teaching, they'll see us. Verse 21, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk you in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. So if people starting to get a little off track, they're going to hear a word behind them. That'll be you saying, hey, hang on a second. Think about that decision. Remember what God's word says. Remember the law of God. Remember his statutes. Remember his laws. Remember there's a way that seems right unto a man, but it ends in death. Think about this. You're going to be there teaching. The correspondence course says in the world tomorrow, those now qualifying to rule under Christ will be ever present and ever ready to speak or act, both to teach and to nip in the bud potential criminal action. Because they will be composed of spirit, they will be able to come and go as necessary and to pass through walls or simply disappear, just as Christ was able to do after his resurrection. You can read about that in John 20, verse 19. And verses 25 through 27, and Luke 24 and verse 31. I mean, Christ did all those things. So we, we know what we'll be able to do in terms of moving about. Christ did it, and the disciples saw it, and they recorded it. We'll be able to teach them. We'll be able to teach people and say, okay, hang on a second, don't do that. <laughs> or there might be a problem that's about to begin, and we can show up and say, hey, come on. That's not going to happen. We're going to stop this. What a wonderful opportunity. Don't you want to be part of that, to be there and to help teach people? I sure do. I mean, talk about a job description that you just, you're, you know, really wanting to fulfill. That's being offered to us if we see the reality of it and if we are preparing for it today by supporting God's work, growing, developing his character, letting him teach us, being meek. We're going to be there to help teach other people. It's a wonderful, wonderful job, and it's one that lasts forever. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live By Every Word. If you'd like more information on today's topic, there's plenty at thetrumpet.com, including the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. Please sign up for it. It's free. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. 
You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.